Hey, this is Kevin. I want to invite you to join me and friends around the world for an international live broadcast at 10 a.m. on Friday, May the 7th. I'm going to be sharing a powerful word from God's word entitled, Get to the Point. I am excited about this message. I can't wait to share it with you. Join us via Facebook Live, YouTube, or Zoom. Go to kevinwhite.us for full details. I'll see you there. Welcome to the Audacious Generosity Podcast. Here we celebrate giving without the pressure to give. Audacious generosity is where God is the giver and giving depends on what God puts into your hands. Now, here's your host, Kevin White. Hello, this is Kevin. It is Tuesday, May the 4th. You're listening to Audacious Generosity Podcast. Welcome to the show. I wanna welcome everyone from the United States, India, Thailand, Pakistan, Nepal, Philippines, United Kingdom, Germany, people all over the world. Thank you for being in the audience. Hey, are you listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify? Will you please go right now and just leave a five-star review? That would make a major contribution to the show. I hope you'll also, everyone, share the show with others. God is really using this to encourage people to live a life generously blessed by God. You're not going to be disappointed by today's episode. I want to introduce you to two of my newest and favorite people on the planet, Mike and Cynthia Savage of the Savage Perspective podcast. They interviewed me recently for their podcast, and today's episode is an excerpt of that interview. You'll want to go over to the Savage Perspective podcast for the entire interview, but today, let me share a few clips with you from that interview with Mike and Cynthia Savage. Take it away. Tell me about this. The one that interests me the most, and we'll talk about your book also, is how you had to change your own expectations about God. And it sounds like God's provision. Our expectations about God really make a huge difference in how we pray and why we worship, even how generous we're willing to be in life. I grew up with some really warped expectations about God. Uh, I grew up 80 miles from the PTL club. Jim and Tammy Faye Baker don't want to start smearing people at all. But but the issue, obviously, during that scandal back in the late 70s, early 80s, was just a greed that really corrupted a what seemed to have started out as a very genuine ministry. And so when I was going into ministry, being called of God into ministry, I remember being scolded for having any type of dream of God giving us more. It's like, how dare you ask God for more and be a Christian? Now I'm convinced that there's nobody on in heaven and on earth that wants more for his people than Almighty God. And so that right there is a just one example of how expectations had to change. Yeah, I know when I got saved uh, in prison, there were uh, several people that we called name it and claim it that were you know, in prison. And I remember as an early Christian, and I, I admit I had some pretty rough edges at the time. I said, let me see you name and claim yourself out of prison. Mm-hmm. Why, why don't you do that? And, yeah. and then, then I'll be convinced. And it wasn't an elegant way of putting it, but it was to me the point of, 
you know, the idea of if you can believe it, you can receive it. I, I understand the, the theology behind that. And I'm not, I'm not putting down people that that works for. If it works for you, you know, praise God. But your expectations were apparently formed along the idea that if you're not going to be able to ask God for something, then how are you going to get anything? Is, is, is that correct? Well, even the expectation of, is it my responsibility to take care of me? Or has God actually committed in advance of creating Adam and Eve and therefore each and every one of us that he would take care of us as his, as his creation? If you go back and study Genesis 1, I really think a lot of expectations should be established there. But unfortunately, it's like we focus so much on Genesis 3 and the fall that we really act as if God took a lot of things away from us, as if, as if we've lost how it was supposed to have been. And so now we're just doomed. But if you look at Genesis 1, God created the earth and created sustainability, created plants that would feed Adam and Eve before he even created Adam and Eve. And so that tells you something about who is taking care of who. And so in the book, Audacious Generosity, I just really firmly establish based upon scripture that God is the giver. He was the giver in Adam and Eve in the garden. And even after the fall, you immediately see that he took animal skins and made garments for Adam and Eve as a result of the fall. And so his giving didn't stop just because they disobeyed. There are consequences to disobedience, but it, the laws of nature, sort of like all of a sudden the law of gravity was taken away from Adam and Eve. No, but we act like the we've lost something as a result of the fall. And yet when you really study the consequences, you study that the woman's going to have labor in childbirth. It's going to hurt like crazy. And the man's going to labor to have food, to have a living. The consequences is labor. And that's a big difference than loss. And by understanding that truth, Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That right there establishes a foundation for proper expectations of God. I remember shortly after becoming, you know, say after being saved, I recall standing outside of a, of a business where I was working and a, a car drove by and then stopped at the curb and on the, on the um, bumper on the back, the, it said, my best friend is Jesus. I thought, well, that's cute. It's probably a pastor. You know, his best friend's Jesus. And it, it is stuck in my brain. How can, how can Jesus be your best friend? How does that translate? And for me, I'm a, I'm a literal person. I'm a linear, literal type of a person. I don't get the global, you know, thing as well, or I didn't at the time. I'm getting better. Mike's rubbing off on me. But I remember going, uh, we, were stay, we were living with some friends at the time. It just started pounding in my head. How do I be a best friend to Jesus? I don't, I don't know how, how to be a best friend with him. And so I started thinking, well, my best friend, how do I talk to my best friend? How does that work? Well, we usually sit in chairs across from So I literally pulled a, you know, on those plastic little vinyl chairs, sat it down across from me on the deck and started talking to this empty chair as though Jesus was sitting in the chair trying to say, okay, well, this is my best friend. He's going to listen to me and then he's going to give me some feedback and I'm going to listen to him. And, and we're going to, we're going to go back and forth. I had to do that for like several weeks until I could take the sense of having that conversation with Jesus out of a, a physical setting to where I could carry it with me. And I still have to go. I, I remember that specifically because it's just like the catch up thing. It's, it's a marker. It's a memorial to me when I start feeling like I'm distant or I'm not 
paying attention or, or I'm skipping steps, they, those little reminders come back to me and I think, okay, what, what kind of conversation should I have with Jesus right now? You know, is he still my best friend? Can I still talk to him about it? Do I still trust him with everything? How do you bring it down to a granular level for, for people who don't know? I mean, we were raised in a, in a very prosperous country. Those that are in India that are, are, are not as individualistic minded as Mike says, as we are here, we don't have a tendency to think of others. And so it's kind of a natural extension to me that if I don't think of others, I'm not going to think of God. And I'm not going to think of Jesus. And I'm not going to think of the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, unexpectedly, God started blessing our family. We just kept building. God multiplied. It's a miracle that God provided us many times when we needed it the most. What's your generosity story? Check out some heartwarming stories at generosityofgod.com and share your story. You'll find amazing stories. He said, hey, this is for you, and asked me to take what uh, was in his hands. It was exactly 10,000 rupees. I was so overwhelmed and uh, shocked by God's goodness. As she did that, Paige went on out to her vehicle, loaded it in the trunk of her car, and she said, okay, God, what now? Miraculous stories by ordinary people just like you. Go to generosityofgod.com and share your story today. How do you swallow an elephant? Well, the answer is one bite at a time. Hi, I'm Kevin White, and I'm inviting you to subscribe to Generously Blessed, my free one-minute motivation series. In Romans 12, verse 2, God says we are transformed as we change our minds. When you subscribe to Generously Blessed, I will send you a personal email Monday through Friday and coach you day by day into a life generously blessed by God. Go to kevinwhite.us and subscribe now. It will be one minute a day you'll not regret. I guarantee it. Kevin's new book, Audacious Generosity, was an instant international bestseller on Amazon. Audacious Generosity is now available worldwide on Amazon in paperback, hardback, ebook, and audiobook. You'll find the Audacious Generosity ebook on Apple Books, Kindle, Google Play, and all the popular online ebook stores. The Audacious Generosity audiobook was recorded by Kevin himself and reviewers are loving it. The audiobook can be found online in over 40 audiobook stores worldwide, including Audible, Apple, Google, and more. Buy Audacious Generosity for yourself. Gift it to your family and friends for the holidays. Discover why Audacious Generosity was an instant bestseller. Audacious Generosity is all about you enjoying a living relationship with God that's fueled by courage, characterized by freedom, and overflowing with audacious generosity. Get your copy today. I really think as you dive into the word, you begin to see that God values relationship, relationships between himself and us, and then relationship between us and others. And so you, you really cannot get closer to God and not become generous. And so one of the things that I thought of earlier as Mike was talking was Jen, just this, the, the whole individual aspect of our views about generosity 
I have come to a place because I've been beat up before with the verse of God loves a cheerful giver. And I know that there have been times in my past, especially that I did, I, I felt anything other than cheerful about giving. Mm-hmm. One time I remember arguing with God about not wanting to pay the tithe. We're tithers now. But at that time, I really felt like I needed to feed my family instead of tithe. And I remember God just saying, just keep it. And it was it was as if a parent was just saying to a child, you've got a bad attitude. <laughs> <laughs> No, I felt I felt somewhat scolded because I, I I just could not get to a place of cheerfulness about releasing something when I was in such desperate need. And this was in the process of really transforming from a place of bondage to a place of freedom. But I'm convinced now the the only path to really becoming a cheerful giver is to experience God as a cheerful giver. And that doesn't necessarily happen overnight. But it's sort of like your chair analogy. You just pull the chair up one day and you start speaking to Jesus as if he's he's a friend sitting in that chair. Eventually, you begin to get comfortable with the reality that he is very much alive, but he's a spirit through. Now we we experience him through the Holy Spirit. And the same thing with with the cheerful giver of God is just begin to say, God, if there's more to you than I realize, I want to know it. Help me to see you as a cheerful giver. I guarantee you, Matthew 7, 11 really, really drives home to me quite often now that I'm, we just had our first granddaughter in, in 2020. So Congratulations. That, yeah, thank you. Matthew 7, 11 says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children and now their children, how much more does your heavenly father long to give good gifts to those who ask him? Are we willing to come to a place of asking him for good gifts, expecting him to be a cheerful giver. Because there's more verses about giving than there are about prayer in the Bible. So if you really start appreciating the opportunity of giving, if you if we can take that paradigm shift that God expects us to give, and it's not an expectation, but it's an opportunity. And so you're willing to start looking at it. If you survey the Old Testament, you're going to see God's the giver. In the Psalm, like read the just read Psalm 23 with the filter of God being a cheerful giver. And you're going to see every single verse he's given us something. Right. David experienced something of God giving him. And, and it's true for us. We read it at our funerals because it's meaningful. It's God giving us uh, himself in, in Psalm 23. But look at the miracles, 27 recorded miracles of Jesus. He gave and every single one he gave. And look at the New Testament. God is the giver. Throughout the whole, I said the first two things, God is the giver. Giving depends upon what God puts in your hands. The third one is miracles happen when we open up our hands to God. And when we realize we're never going to be owners, we're going to be managers. And, and it's never meant to grip, but to, but to distribute. There's no limit. Now giving went beyond my bank account to what God, what is in God's bank account. And it makes it very clear he's a, he's the owner of a cattle on a thousand hills. I mean, he ha- he lacks for nothing. He's the most generous, richest person on the planet. And yet I, I spent the vast majority of my life not really having a clue about that. And so I'm, I'm grateful for any opportunity to help brothers and sisters around the world understand this about the cheerful giver that God is. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening, subscribing, and reviewing the Audacious Generosity podcast. 
Join us next week as we open our hands up to God and let him fill them for the Great Commission. 